Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to A Soundtrack Odyssey, the podcast where I ask the question, in the film of your life, what would the soundtrack be? I'm your Master of Ceremonies, Stephanie Joy Hubbard, and I'm interested in finding out how people experience music. So I invite my guests to create the soundtrack to the imaginary film of their lives. They have to decide what song would soundtrack the most important scenes in the film of their life, like everything from the opening credits, their coming of age, their first love, uh, a point of conflict or despair, a moment of euphoria or enlightenment, all the way to their death scene. And finally, the closing credits track. Today, I have the pleasure of chatting to gorgeous, funny man, TV presenter, actor, MC, and podcast host, Lee Peart. He's toured all over doing stand-up and appeared on loads of huge TV shows like um, Britain's Got Talent, Strictly Come Dancing. And he's also um, the resident warm-up act for Loose Women, where he is a beloved member of the cast now. I first saw Lee perform at Comedia in Brighton at a really amazing, brilliant, inclusive alternative comedy night called Down the Hatch. Um, It champions a huge variety of comedy acts and he was emceeing the whole night in between some amazing acts that headlined with James Acaster. Um, But he, Lee, had me in absolute stitches um, and I've been following him on Instagram since then. And when I started this podcast, he was on my list of people that I'd really love to get on as a guest. I just really adore his style of comedy. Um, He interacts with the audience a lot and he's so quick with his comebacks. So I'm just really in awe of what he does. Um, So I'm really excited to see what kind of songs he chooses and to get to know him. Welcome to a soundtrack odyssey. Thank you so much for having me, Steph. Stephanie, Steph. <laughs> Whatever you like, my love. I will answer to anything. Okay. Barbara, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining me. I first came across you when you were emceeing for James A. Custer. That was back <laughs> in August 2022, was it? In Brighton Comedia. I loved that gig. You were such yeah. a good crowd as well because it, it wasn't it a Sunday night. So right. sometimes Sundays are always a bit like, oh, how's it going to be? You know, it's a bit chilled vibes. Oh, you were great! I didn't want to leave the stage. It was such a fun night. <laughs> it was awesome. So because because that's my kind of my only frame of reference for you live. Right. You you do a lot of improvisation, don't you? Like you 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 sort of you have conversations with the audience. Yeah. And you feed off that. Yeah, well, uh, when I MC, definitely. Um, So, you know, I do a mix of... Some MCs you go on and they're just... uh, They're doing their set. And a lot of audiences... People won't know, like, the ins and outs of what goes into stand-up comedy and whatever, but a lot of audiences, you know, they take a while to kind of settle in. And and a lot of that settling in, I think, is is just chatting to them and breaking that kind of fourth wall, but without making it a you know a collaborative conversation um but uh so yeah I I do like to chat to people and you know there is generally something you can pluck out of because I just think everyone is inherently funny in in their own weird and wonderful ways but um yeah so so um I don't like to be mean as well I, I I like to kind of be slightly warm and friendly but with a someone someone described me once as um, a velvet glove with an iron fist and I was like oh I like that it's like I've got the I've got the don't mess with me vibe but um I'm I'm, I'm smiling on the outside but um yeah no it was lovely I, I just I have great memories of that gig it was so fun yeah I definitely agree with that that uh, that metaphor that you've been you've been named with because um, you, you're really in control. Like what was really, what I was really in awe of um, when, when you were performing is like, you ask questions and you don't know what they're going to say back, but you have, you always have this super quick fire answer that has everybody howling, but in wow. a really good way. But I just like, what's your sort of creative process for that? Like, how do you know? How, how can you be so confident that you're going to be funny when you don't know like what you're going to say? 
Well, you know what it is? It's that's so interesting because when I first started, I was terrified of emceeing. Um, and actually, I, I emcee quite a lot now um, and I love doing it because I've always liked kind of like the hosting vibe and the kind of presentary type stuff. And that's how I got into stand up. I because I, I was I wanted to be a presenter and I thought stand up would make me a better presenter. And wow. it just so happened that I ended up getting more gigs and jobs through stand up than <laughs> than presenting. Um, but I um, I think that the one piece of advice that I kind of just did once and realize is is there's you don't don't have the pressure to be funny as an MC. um or or actually in a weird way it sounds kind of contradictory but even as a stand-up if you go on with this pressure that everything has to be funny you just you just kind of constantly on edge um and definitely with emceeing i remember you know there are times where i'll chat to someone and they give me nothing (laughs) and and i'll just go oh well this has been great um anyway uh, you you know and that's funny in itself because it's like we've referenced it's not so it doesn't like i've seen some emcees before steph where i'm i'm watching them and i'm like let go let go of Barbara from Wigan <laughs> like she's not giving you anything she's giving you these two word answers and it's almost like because they've committed to talking to someone they're waiting to say something that's funny and it might not come and it's like stop wasting everyone's time you know move on to someone else there might be a couple next to you who met at, you know I was speaking to someone the other week um I was emceeing a gig in in London and I said how did you two meet and she said oh well we're married but um, we met at his ex-girlfriend's dinner party and I, and I was just like okay this is this is all we need this is all we need for the rest of the show like so um, yeah I think if you let go of the pressure you and actually you know I, my day job is I do the audience warm-up for IT's Loose Women and that is in the day you know it's a sanitized kind of version of emceeing um, and so I really honed that craft of chatting to people and actually, you know, interacting with them in a funny way. But that that's also not mean because people who come into Loose Women aren't coming to see a stand up show to get roasted, for example. So um, it's just practice, I guess. But I, I think that the, the biggest piece of advice for me um, that I would give anyone um, is, is just don't have a constant pressure to be funny. You know, you might not always land it. And. And and with that becomes the freedom of the control on stage where it's like, we'll see, I, I'm in control, you know. Um, I, I don't know. I guess it's I guess it's a bit like being in a car and if someone's showing off so much, but then they sometimes, you know, get it wrong. If they're swerving, making noise, like, you know, round and round about or whatever. I mean, I don't drive, so I don't know how it goes, but like you might feel a bit on edge where it doesn't always go right, as opposed to someone who's just chilled, driving the car, like, you know, that's where you feel a little bit more settled and where an audience feels settled. um, It just makes for a show, I think. Yeah, definitely. There was, um, there was at that particular gig, there was one lady who you, you spoke to in the first part where you're emceeing and then because she was giving you so much, you 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 sort of went back to interacting with her. Yeah. She came out. And I th- I was thinking, I was like, I wonder if while he's backstage, he's like, right, this is what I'll say next. Or like if you're doing it on the fly like that. And I just, yeah, I was like just so bowled over by it. Was, was it the woman who um wouldn't say where she lived? That's it, yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. And then someone came up and said, um, it's told me where she lived, told me the area. And then at the end, I was like, I found out where you live. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, do you know what? I don't sit there. Like in the green room, we just sit and talk. Like if you could sit in a green room of comedians, you know, we talk about the most inane shit. We try not to talk about comedy as much as possible. Um, but yeah, that particular time, someone came to me and said, um, said uh, oh this is where she lives and, and they threw her under the bus so it's quite funny and I remember the, ho- the whole audience cheered because we finally found out that she's looking really coy I, I was like I'm not asking for a postcode I just want an area of like and she was like take me out for dinner and all this it was silly but it was it was good fun but yeah no we, I actually don't plan it like sometimes I think if you plan it 
you you just go in a certain way and you can be quite rigid with it like with mc and just see where it goes you know so i've got three quick fire icebreaker questions what is your walking down the street song like if you want to feel good and like you know proper strut what do you put on your headphones um well i also like i also often choose this for um entrance music but uh voulez-vous abba very good so camp <laughs> excellent excellent choice yeah i was gonna ask you if you have any warm-up songs that you come on to oh sorry i've jumped no, the gun no don't worry I, i'm glad you answered it i wanted to know yeah it's a good one and you people everywhere and it's like you can totally strut on that you can totally strut you can strut on most ABBA songs, can't you? I personally think it's a red flag if someone doesn't like ABBA. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Because whatever genre of music you're into, you you need to appreciate them because they're just a masterclass. Yeah, it's it, they're just great. You know, you lighten up, lighten up. Have you been to the Voyage thing? No, I have friends that have been and loved it. But I tell you where I am actually going next. Uh, well, this Wednesday coming up, I'm going to um, the Mamma Mia party, you know, that where they do the kind of immersive Greek taverna type thing. Um, yeah, so I'm going to that. So I can't wait for that. But I'm, I, I, I would go and see the voyage. I'm not like, you know, I, I like Abba, but I'm not a huge, massive fan. But I would definitely love to go and see it just to see what it's like. But I've heard it's incredible. Yeah, it is. It's really good. I've been and it is fabulous. If you like ABBA, definitely go. It's it's super cool. Yeah. Question number two. What would the film of your life be called? Oh, uh, the, the only thing, the first thing that came to mind is I always wanted to open a cocktail bar called Kel Surprise. I just love the phrase Kel Surprise. <laughs> so maybe I'll maybe I'll say that would be my film as well. Leap here. Hell surprise. What a surprise. <laughs> I think that's great. Yeah, that's a good name. Hell <laughs> surprise. <laughs> Question number three. What is your villain song? If you were the villain in a film, what would you make an evil entrance to? Oh, does it have to belong to a villain already or could it just be any song? Could be any song. I think it would be something like... Um, well, I love Poor Unfortunate Souls from Little Mermaid, I have to say. I know, that, know that's a villain song, but I'm trying to think what song would it be? A kind of villainous song. I also love I'd Put a Spell on You. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, maybe I'd Put a Spell on You. It's got to be It's got to be a bit of that. Love that. And is that from, is that because of, um, <laughs> because of the film? What is it called? Hocus Pocus. That's it. Yeah, Hocus Pocus. <laughs> Well, Kel Surprise, yes, it is. <laughs> I sent you a brief mm -hmm. and you have chosen some songs. The first scene that I asked you to pick a song for is your opening credits. And I asked you what is setting the tone for the film of your life. It could be your favourite song or it could be something that you just think absolutely slays. So... Mm -hmm. Leap it. What is your opening credits song? I'm pretty sure I said get this party started, right? Yeah. By Shirley Bassey. Yes. And you know, I'm going to admit, I, I accidentally, and then when I reread it, realized I'd, I'd typed Shirley Ballas. <laughs> from Strictly. <laughs> it's like, yes, uh, the cover version from Shirley Ballas. <laughs> I was thinking you'd have been like, what the hell? <laughs> um, do you know what? Like it was. I was trying to think of this, and then it just came to mind because I was thinking, like, it's not a song that I would listen to loads, but I was thinking, you know, the, the opening credits. What would get you know set the tone, like you said? And I just think, like, I, I, I don't want to get you know sentimental, but I actually do have a lovely life. You know, Touchwood. I'm I'm very. I, I I often think and I've had moments recently where I've even been on stage or I've been doing something and I'm not I'm not the type of person that will sit and you know practice gratitude and all that like and I have friends that do that you know I don't have anything against that but I'm just not the type that you know I won't start writing down in a journal what I'm grateful for and all this 
But I do have moments where I think, oh, God, this could have been a lot worse. Like, this could have, I could have had a terrible life. And, you know, we all, I I always want more. We always want a little bit more and blah, 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 blah. But I'm really, I think I'm very good at appreciating the small wins and what I have and just enjoying life for the what I think is a, is, is a party and should be a party. Um so that's why I went for that. And I was debating whether to choose the pink version or the Shirley Bassey version, not Ballas. Um, <laughs> but I thought the Shirley Bassey version is a bit more of a theatrical, uh, and, and that's very me, you know. So, um, yeah, I think that, you know, it's a part, life is a party and it's, it's some, you know, some, sometimes you want to just, you know, take it chill at the party and slow down a bit. But often it's like, enjoy the party for what it is. And um, so I think that that's going to set the tone. Yeah, definitely. I think it's the right choice to choose the Dame Shirley Bassey version for sure. Yeah, but I do love the pink version because I don't know, it's kind of a bit rocky and I quite like that. Yes, but we, we do have to thank Dame Shirley for saying the word ass. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. In the song, don't we? <laughs> we absolutely do. Um, well, I mean, we have to thank Dame Shirley for, for everything, really. Um, we do. In particular, for saying ass, yes. <laughs> she makes it, yeah, like you said, it was originally recorded by Pink, but Dame Shirley makes it no, sound like... Oh, I thought Pink's was a cover. Oh, is it? Well, I don't know. Don't quite, I'm, I'm actually quite bad with music, he says on a music podcast. Um, but I thought Pink covered it. I'm pretty sure. I, I mean, I don't know. Ah. Um, but. Well. Sorry to contradict you there. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. No, well, who cares? But it's it sounds like this was written for Dame Shirley when she sings it, especially when she's like, everybody's waiting for me to arrive. It's like, yeah, yeah. Yes, Dame Shirley, they bloody are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. De yeah. She's such a diva, isn't she? I love her. She's brilliant. I went down such a Dame Shirley rabbit hole after you sent me your playlist and I listened oh. to it for a good hour. And then I was just like, I can take on the world. I felt so empowered. Yeah. I'm gonna do the same. I'm going to the gym after this. So I'm gonna go I'm gonna <laughs> I might be the only person in the world listening to Dame Shirley Ballas <laughs> at the gym. <laughs> Her voice is like just astounding, really. Isn't well, I said, it? I said Ballas again. I said Ballas. Oh God! <laughs> We're rebranding her. It's all right. Oh God, the gays are going to disown me. <laughs> and yeah, because she she obviously did a couple of the James Bond. Theme oh yeah, tunes, yeah, she? yeah, yeah. So I like that you're choosing a sort of alt version of like you know what could have been perhaps. A James Bond theme. No, maybe maybe you're the next James Bond. Maybe that would have. Maybe that would be the James Bond theme if James Bond was gay. Yeah. Like get this party started, you know, and, and James Bond minces in with his gun. <laughs> He's like Bond, babes, James Bond, and instead of a martini, it's a frozen daiquiri. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I want to watch it. I want to watch it. If, if if you were the next Bond and like maybe you're already in talks and you just can't talk about it yet. Yes, I'm, you are going to have to sign an NDA after this stuff. You do realise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what what kind of Bond would you be, and what would the what who would your nemesis be? What would the character of your nemesis be? <laughs> oh, my nemesis! It, it would definitely be like another gay guy who's kind of similar to me, and like <laughs> probably in the same field of work, and he's getting all the work, and I'm like, he must be brought down. <laughs> um, or ooh, who else? Yeah, probably, probably, probably another gay guy. Gay gays love a little vendetta against each other. <laughs> I really in the end, and in the end, we'd fall in love. We'd end up, we'd end up, you know. Yeah. Oh yes, this is good. This needs to happen. Can you yeah. imagine how much the Daily Mail readers would hate this? Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You didn't want a black one. You didn't want a female one. So you've got a gay, right? Yeah, yeah. You asked for this, guys. <laughs> also, one of the things that um, I was thinking about when I was in my Dame Shirley Bassey happy place this week was she's Welsh and 
So is like Tom Jones and just like all of these amazing singers are from Wales, like Charlotte Church, Duffy, Alan Jones, Bonnie Tyler. Like what are they they putting in the water in Wales? I know, I need to move to Wales. (laughs) Okay, moving on. Your act two is Coming of Age. Yes. So I asked you to pick a song that reminds you of your early years or your school days or just your coming of age time, really. Um, Anything from like the first band that you ever loved or the first artist that made you get into music or, um, yeah, anything that really sums up that time for you. So what is your coming of age track? (laughs) Well, keeping in the theme of camp, (laughs) I've chosen Spice Girls Stop. Okay, now. The reason I chose that, Spice Girls, like, I love the Spice Girls, obviously. And Stop, I think, is my favourite Spice Girls song. Um, I also love Viva Forever, but Stop is the one. And the reason I chose it is because I do have memories, quite a vivid memory, actually, of being kind of uh, maybe seven or eight. And do you remember, um, how old are you, if you don't mind me asking? I'm 33. Oh, okay. So we're pretty much, I'm 32. So we're the same age. So um, do you remember the box? The what? It's called the box. And it was basically a music channel. And you could ring up or you rang this number and you could like request a song to be played. And it would show the video of the song. I'm pretty sure it's called The Box. And I remember, like, we, we were never allowed to ring up. I remember one time we, we were allowed to ring up The Box or whatever. And um, we, uh, I, I wanted Stop by the Spice Girls. And it was filmed, I think it's filmed in Ireland. And they're, they're in that street and they're doing the dance. And I was just obsessed with it. And I don't know, I just, the Spice Girls kind of was just such a big part of growing up and like, and I had, I, I had a traumatizing moment the other week. I was in this bar and they were playing Spice Girls Stop. And my friend and I were dancing, doing, you know, the stop right now, the actual dance. Mm-hmm. And I'd say this 20-year-old after the dance came up to us both and she was like oh my god that was amazing are you two choreographers and we were like no and she was like did you just make that up on the spot and I went no no I said that that's the actual dance and she was like to what and I was like stop by the Spice Girls she was like oh I've never heard it and I was like and you know those moments where you're like oh my god yeah. I'm old, like what? The, like I just could not believe. No. I was going. This is the official choreography, and, and she just had no idea what I was talking about. Um, so I chose. Yeah, I chose stop just because it not necessarily has a meaning of the, but but that reminds me of of kind of my childhoody type days of just dancing around, going to like Equa Disco and. Uh, school discos and Spice Girls playing and and then deciding you wanted to set up your own band and <laughs> you know writing your own songs and all that stuff um so that's why I chose that and, and Stop is my favorite Spice Girls song so I went with that love it yeah um yeah similar love loved this so much when when I was the same age and it was very much like um sleepovers learn the dance routine I didn't have any of the um, of the cool channels at my house, so I had to always go to mates' houses. So that that's why I was like, right, guys, we've got we've got to put like MTV on or whatever, so that you could yes routine. And it was just pure joy, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. There was no YouTube back then. There was no like searching it. We had to God, we put the graft in, didn't we? We had to wait for the video to come on the telly. And then learn it in one take, you know, in, in one go. Now it's TikTok and they do slow-mo videos of them learning the dance. These kids have got it easy, man. <laughs> Act three is first love. So I asked, oh. you, I asked you who or what was the very first love of your life, which could be a person or it could be something else. Um, and then a song that reminds you of a time that you realised that you'd just fallen head over heels for the first time. So it could be a song that reminds you literally of like your first kiss, your first love, 
something like that or um or it could be a, a song that reminds you of like just a really nice time in your adolescence so leapiet what is your first love song adele mm. queen of the love song uh one and only and I was debating on this one. It was a struggle because my instinct went for a guy called Matt Doyle, who's a kind of Broadway star. And he wrote a song once called What You Stole. Um, and that basically back when I was, I'd say, 19, I was living in Manchester and I used to work at Tesco. I know I, I'm as shocked as you are. And... Um, <laughs> Uh, there was this guy who worked with me and I had the biggest crush on him. I'd just come out as gay. You know, I was, I hadn't really had any, um, any kind of uh, romance or anything before, before that. And, but this guy, I was, I was just obsessed with him. I was in, I, I had the biggest crush. I, I, it wasn't love, but I was totally, totally just crushing over him. And so this song, What You Stole, which I nearly chose, um, you know, the lyrics were quite poignant. It, it, you know, basically one of them is like, I'll let you keep what you stole if you promise just to take a little more. And it, it's all, and I used to kind of fantasize listening to that, like, oh, you know, we'll be in love. Anyway, um, but my first love, um, I actually fell in love quite late. I, I fell in love with someone when I was 29. Um, so I've only ever had one relationship and it was quite a toxic one. Um, but and when we first started kind of, uh, seeing each other, he was in an open relationship with someone and it was all very casual, but you know, stupid me fell for, fell for this guy. And I remember I used to listen a lot to Adele, one and only, where the lyrics would be like, I dare you to let me be your one and only. I promise I'm worthy. And it was such a, it's such a beautiful song. It's one of my favorites of hers. Um, and, and yeah, and, 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 and that's what I used to listen to, like thinking, you know, just give me a chance basically. Like I'm ready. And, um, and yeah, I mean, actually if I could go back, I would say, um, <laughs> don't give him a chance uh, or don't 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 give me a chance that like you I could be spared of the pain that I never typically came from that but um at the time that was my that was my song and and I'm a massive Adele fan um I think I've got another Adele song coming up later as well um I just Adele is my girl you know someone once I went on a date with someone years ago okay guy obviously um <laughs> plot twist and I um I said, uh, he said to me, uh, he thinks every gay man has a pop, uh, well, has an, a female icon that they adore. And often it's a pop one, but it doesn't necessarily have to be. And, you know, that's kind of a bit of a representation of their personality and, and how they are. And, and his was Diana Ross. And mine is definitely Adele. Um, she's, she's, I've seen her twice live. I absolutely love her. Um, so yeah, it's Adele, one and only. It's a beautiful song. It's from her album Twenty One, and it's just it's just great. So, did you first hear this song like at the same time that you were? No, 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 because you know her album Twenty One came out way before that. But I did used to listen to that song as well and think about my first crush. It's always been a song that I've listened to, but but it just took on a new meaning when I was falling for this person. I remember I used to walk down the street and. And just be like, you know, I dare you to let me be your one and only. Like, and you know, it starts off the lyrics are "You've been on my mind." I, you know, I grow stronger every day, lose myself in time, just thinking of your face and all that. And and that's what I used to do. It'd be like he was on my mind all the time. Um, so it took on, yeah. I think I used to listen to Adele and pretend. I could relate, <laughs> but I'd never really had relationships or fallen in love. So I was like, yeah. So I, I often used to like listen to Adele's album before a night out with a glass of red wine. And it, it, honestly, it was like my favorite thing to do. And then when I was kind of falling for someone and then inevitably we were breaking up, um, it just was like, oh, God, this is why everyone loves it, because they, you cry. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, from the get-go, it's a super soulful song, very like slow chord progression, and it um it, it just sounds like an instant classic. 
from yeah. like the word go and it's it is so beautiful and you, you mentioned that you have seen her live a few times and yeah I've watched um I watched a few uh, YouTube videos of this and it just looks like there isn't a dry eye in the house when she sings this mm. well she's recently she's obviously doing Vegas at the minute and the way she sings because her voice has just improved so much and she now does a bit there's a kind of like bridge bit where the backing singers are going um I know it's not easy giving up your heart and she's kind of doing these almost like wailing sounds but as in like gorgeous they sound gorgeous and then there's uh there's one where she just goes like Anna and she holds the note in Vegas if you go on some clips and she just holds this belty gorgeous note for a long time and I thought oh to see that live I'd just die it's so good yeah and when she when she gets to that that kind of that note she lets her voice like almost break but she, yeah but she's still in control oh she's and fantastic control of her voice it's unreal I love that like I love it when singers kind of um show a bit of an imperfection even yeah. though it's not it's intentional and beautiful but it's it's also on the recording of this song and um that's quite rare in like big pop productions where they mm. tend to sort of overproduce things and take out any sort of human imperfections and in inverted commas so I like that because she really keeps it real yeah yeah totally I when I was reading when I was sort of researching this song um she was talking about who it was about and she was saying it's like quite similar to your experience like somebody just out of reach a guy that she knew but and they were kind of you know into each other but they never got together and she also mentioned that um it was inspired by the film Never Been Kissed with Drew Barrymore in it <laughs> oh I didn't know that wow she says that um it's supposed to be that moment where like Drew finally gets kissed and like everything slows down and um and yeah the whole world is like rotating and she kind of Adele told this story of like imagining being in the middle of Trafalgar Square <laughs> and she's like don't know why I'm in Trafalgar Square but I am and um yeah. and, then, and then she imagines that and then everything's slowing down and stopping around her and this guy kissing so I thought that was really oh. cool. a nice visual metaphor to go along with yeah it. yeah totally moving on to your next scene which is um, Point of Conflict or Despair. This could be anything from a song that's helped you through dark times, or it could be a song that you'd want to accompany that scene in your film that's like, you know, some sort of desperation or, or conflict or anger or, you know, all those kind of bad, bad, bad emotions, something when you're sad, or maybe it's even a dramatic song that's playing during a fight scene. So, so, leap it. What is your point of conflict or despair song? Well, the song that has helped me through dark times um, is actually called Dark Times by uh, Ben Platt. Uh, so again, I nearly chose Adele again for this. I nearly chose Rolling in the Deep because it's a real like, fuck you. You know, we could have, you could have had all of this, like, you know, but I thought, no. I'm not going to go for that. I'm going to go for Ben Platt. Um, and I thought it was appropriate to go with his song, Dark Times, which is a stunning song. Um, and it's basically, the way the song works is he talks about when he's younger and he's fallen in love with someone, like like in school and not allowed to talk about it. And then um, getting his heart broken for the first time in his 20s and then like he's reaching nearly his 30s and whatever. So... But one of the lyrics in it is, um, life goes too fast, uh, tough times don't last, but tough people do. So, and it actually made me cry quite a lot every time I listened to it, because it's just such a stunning little song. But actually his album, well, both of his albums, but especially one of his albums called Sing To Me Instead, was, a, uh, was an album I listened a lot to during the breakup that I had. Um, and that kind of got me through, but there was a lot, there's a song on there called Older as well, um, which is stunning. And it's my favorite song of his, but it's not really like a, a, a despair type song. It's quite, it's quite nice and uplifting. Um, but yeah, Dark Times in particular was, uh, is just a stunning song and it, and it's, it's, it's just about kind of getting through it. And everyone has 
dark times, but they don't last. And I, and often I'll listen to songs as well where I don't I, I sometimes listen to songs and think about like friends or um you know people who are struggling and I'll, I'll from their point of view and that'll often make me cry as well. It's not necessarily always about about me, believe it or not, says the comedian. Um, but it's not. It's not. It's yeah. I'll, I'll sometimes listen to that song about someone else, and yeah, it just makes me cry. Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you for introducing me to this amazing man. Oh, he's so good, isn't he? I, did you not know of him? No. Oh, I'm glad. Yeah, there's so many good ones because he was for anyone who doesn't know, he was the original Evan Hansen in Dear Evan Hansen, in on Broadway. Um, but he has his own albums out, and they're incredible, aren't they? Yeah, he's he's so gorgeous, funny, amazingly talented. Like, yeah, I'm not really engaged with the Broadway scene. So um, no. when, I was, when I was researching him, I was like, well, wow, yeah, he did like the first run of Book of Mormon. He's the main the, the main guy in um, Dear Evan Hansen. Dear Evan Hansen. Yeah. Loads of other massive shows. Um, how, how did you come across him? Are you quite engaged with that scene? Yeah, yeah. So I'm quite stagey in that sense. Um, but I, and, and, you know, I, I've, I think I saw videos of him singing on YouTube and I think someone posted a song. One of his songs, Grow As You Go, went quite big um, and then he he released the album. But that Sing To Me Instead album I saw live, I saw him do that tour because he came to the UK. I actually met him. I was a, I was a bit of a fangirl because um, <laughs> he was on Lorraine and I was working and um, in the same studios on Loose Women. And I like came up and was like, hi. And, and I think he quite liked it because at the time no one else really knew in the UK who he was. Like They obviously did, but not in the studio. And I was just there like, oh, my God, I love you. I'm, I'm, I saw you live. Um, so I saw him at a Hammersmith Apollo. But that um, that that was filmed. I don't think I don't think it was filmed at um, Hammersmith Apollo, but he filmed in America and it's it's on Netflix as a special. So if you want to watch it um of, of him doing that live he's he's so good but yeah I, I think I just came across him during you know researching kind of great Broadway singers because a lot of Broadway stars have then released their own like EPs and stuff um and and I think what I love about songs the most are lyrics um and so a lot of Broadway singers are very into the the lyrics because it's often acting through song but then it comes with this just well-trained gorgeous voice um so they can write such lovely lovely songs and 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 ben is such a beautiful songwriter yeah yeah he's got like you say that beautiful quality to his voice with with a slight wobble Mm. but obviously like highly highly trained and just like completely in control like amazing and um looking at his tiktok he's also very funny Oh, I need to check out his TikTok more then. Is he being funny on TikTok, is he? He's being, he's being funny. He's also very pure, just like... Yeah, he is. Very lovely. <laughs> I like. I really like that um, in his songs and in the songs that I've heard from his album, he, he is, he's a gay man and he, he, and he uses that. Like, he will say, I love him, not... Yeah. It reminded me of kind of, you know, the sort of classic male pop stars back in the day like George Michael who who always had to have their songs misgendered and talk about a female lover even though everybody yeah. was gay and I was it just made me think like oh fuck I'm so glad that we're past that in in the song older that I spoke about earlier the one and uh there's a line where it says um get to know myself for the way I am get to fall in love with another man and yeah. when we saw that live, the whole audience erupted into a round of applause. It was so, like, I, I, oh my god! And I was, this was in the height of my breakup, so I was oh. sobbing during the whole show. Like, oh, like actually, it was it was before the breakup, the proper breakup. But it was like when I just knew things were not going right, um, and I was just like, ah, 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 and then the whole cr- crowd then erupts when when he said that, and I just thought, oh, so good, so good. <laughs> The next scene is uh, enlightenment or moment of euphoria. So that moment in a film where you realise something really profound, what is playing when everything becomes clear to you? Maybe like you've had that stormy time and then 
everything becomes clearer and better basically yeah so you've cut you've already mentioned it i've just realized i'm so sorry i've, I've skipped ahead I've, i forgot i put that down because i was thinking why didn't i put down older like that's my and I've, I've gone with older ben platt you know he talks about he says when you are younger you wish you're older mm-hmm. and when you get older you wish that time would turn around and then the lyric is don't let that wonder uh turn into closure when you get older and it's just such a gorgeous song it's um and that's and that i used to listen to and it'd be like and it it, it goes back to the you know the same the, the opening get the, like I'm very much appreciative of the now. I'm not one of these that's like, I live in the present. Of course I don't. Like, I will often have plans for the future. And I'm, I'm, you know, I want to move forward and stuff like that. But I'm not living uh, in the future or hoping, like I'm, I'm living for the future, but I'm very much take it as it comes, like enjoy what you have now. And it sounds so cliche, but... I'm actually very good at doing that. Um, I'm, I have friends who who worry or like even, you know, colleagues in the comedy industry, for example, they're just constantly like, when, when, when? And it's like, you know what? Just settle, like, let it happen, enjoy it. And And I think COVID was a massive thing with me for that because it was like, you know, I lost my job, I lost my house, I lost my boyfriend. Like, it was literally everything at once. And and I was just like, you know what? Like, we're still alive. Like, things could be worse. Um, and I know, like, I'm not one of these where it's like, because everything's relative, isn't it? You know, it's like someone's broken their leg and you go, well, you should be lucky that you still got a leg because some people don't. And it's like, well, that doesn't take away the pain of them breaking their leg. Like, you know, it's all relative. So... But it, at the same time, it is going. Do you know what? It it could be worse. And and um, I think older is a really good song of just going. Appreciate everything that you have now, yeah. because you're going to look back and be like, "Wow, I wish I could go back to that point." And you can't. Yeah, I totally, totally buy into that ethos as well. Um, you know, I always say like, you've got a tiny. If you think about the universe as a whole. And like how we are just tiny little specks of dust, really, in in the universe. And my friend Hannah hates it when I talk like this because she gets real existential dread. But um, I see it as a positive. It's like you know, check yourself. Yeah. You are, you are so insignificant. There is no purpose to life. You're just here out of science, basically. You just need to enjoy it. Just enjoy every second. And um, yeah, so I, I totally buy into that um, idea as well. I'm with you. Yeah, and it's I I remember um, seeing on um, uh, like a thing I, I I read once something and it was it was about you, uh, essentially you're being extraordinarily um, ordinary, and it was saying just like you said you know uh, we are nothing really we're so insignificant. And the the minute you kind of realize that, it gives you a real kind of humility mm. um, of realizing that we're just basically tissue. We're you know we're we're conceived in, in an egg and bloody sperm and whatever. And it's literally a tiny little dot in terms of the universe, and we're so so insignificant and so ordinary but actually at the same time of that we are so extraordinary in the sense that we're every single person in the universe is unique you know there's a particular selection of variables that they have and they have different cultures different family different background eras peer groups we you know we have these kind of own personal worlds that make us extraordinary but if you combine both of them together, you start to realize, like, you know, how much we share with others in terms of our ordinariness. We're just run of the mill humans, and that hopefully would com- promote compassion and respect and kinship and humility. Like, I'm just like you. Ultimately, we're all just specks of dust. 
But actually, then also when we realize how extraordinary we are, we can start to kind of promote pride and creativity and achievement and all these things that make you go, actually, no, I'm, I'm you know, I'm this. If you only have one of them, if you only think you're just ordinary, you become this kind of, what's the point? Or if you only think you're extraordinary, you become this absolute arrogant arsehole who thinks they're so special. But if you combine both of them, you allow yourself kind of the comfort of being so ordinary, but you also grant yourself at the same time the excitement of being a unique and, and a kind of one-of-a-kind person. And it's I, I often go back and think about that, where it's like combine both of them. Remember you're just a speck of dust. Remember you're so ordinary and you're the same as everyone else. But at the same time, remember that you're so unique as well. And if you combine them both, you can kind of build this balanced... Uh, way of, of of living, I guess. Oh my God, who do I think I am? The fucking Dalai Lama. Oh no, not him. I'm not going to ask any kids to suck my tongue anytime soon. But do you know what I mean? I'm fucking wise. <laughs> wise. Yeah, I did not see the. Um, I did not on my list of like predictions for 2023. I didn't. I didn't see the Dalai Lama getting cancelled on it. No, no, me neither. But do you know what? Nothing shocks me anymore. Beautifully put, though. Beautifully put. Going back to uh, Older, the song. Yeah. That song. Um, there are some real gut churners on your playlist. Um, and I watched the video of this song before we came on to record. And I had, I had to try really hard not to cry. Oh, let yourself next time. Let yourself have a good cry. I it cried. Is beautiful, and I would implore people to um to watch it because it is yeah. it's such a pure, gorgeous message, um, yeah. and and it just added to that. Yeah, what I think he is 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 this like really pure, lovely person who's who um I don't know, kind of see him as like a a raw nerve. Like he seems to soak stuff up and be kind of expressing this lovely version of of humanity. And um, so yeah, like that. I, thank you for introducing me to him. I, I'm a big fan. Oh, good. I'm glad. Do you do you love a ballad? Oh, I mean, have a guess. Jesus. <laughs> I love a ballad. I absolutely love a ballad. I saw um I saw a video of you on your Twitter, I believe, of you playing the piano very well. Oh, you're too kind. You're too kind. No, I can't play. I taught myself one. Uh, for for New Year's Eve once, I woke up on New Year's Day severely hungover, and I was like, "I'm gonna learn to play the piano." So I bought this electric keyboard from Amazon, <laughs> and I went on YouTube, and I just kind of did a few tutorials of simple chords, like Adele, for example, someone like you. It's actually very simple to play. Like ballads are, are really easy to. But it was so funny because I basically I learned maybe three or four songs on piano and my friends would come round and we'd get drunk and I'd go, I'm going to play piano. But it'd be like, they'd be like, do you know any upbeat? And it's like, no, because upbeat's really fast and it's hard. Whereas like someone like you, I can just go slow and think what's the next chord. But um, yeah, no, I do. I do like a, a piano ballad. for, And that's why I love Ben. And that's why I love Adele. A piano ballad to me, I just adore. Have you ever done any stage school? Because you can sing as well. Well, I'm... Ha no, so I did performing arts. Uh, I studied performing arts. I am not a singer, but I, I can hold a tune, I think. I'm actually currently having singing lessons, um, which I, I just love doing. So I just go in and, and one and only is, is a song that I've been learning, the male key. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I, I kind of trained in acting and I I could go on and sing a song that's not too you know I'm not a belter or anything like that but I could I could certainly hold a tune I would say but I'm I'm, I'm certainly not a singer. I also saw a video of you doing um quite a Dame Shirley Bassey version of Because I Got High by, oh. by oh god I know I mean it was so funny I love karaoke okay and what I can't what I don't love is when people will go on and do kind of like a ballad but it's terrible because it's like, oh, my God, if you're amazing, yeah, do it. <clears throat> so what I often like to do on karaoke is the rogue choices, <laughs> but put my own stamp. So my main one is Eminem Stan. I've been <laughs> doing that for years and I can do it. And honestly, 
nine times out of ten, people are like uh, wowed by it. I mean, I say wow, they're, they're drunk off their face, but like they're like literally because I, I I know the rap. I'm quite weird with lyrics. I'm I'm quite my singing teacher is like your brain is odd because I can just remember lyrics without even having to to look at them generally. Once the music comes on, it they just come out. So anyway, so I do that with Eminem Stan. And then I was in Gran Canaria the other week and um, there's a karaoke bar, but I'd done Eminem stand the night before. So I'm going, I need to do something different today. I can't be seen as a one trick pony. So I decided to do Afro band because I got high. And yeah, it was like, I was going to clean my room, but I got high. And I was like, I had the mic stand. I was caressing the mic stand like I was at Adele or Shirley Bassey at the Brits. Just like, oh God, it was... um, yeah, ludicrous, really. It was great. And the, one of the highlights is the very drunk Karen next to you trying to sing along with you. And you just sort of subtly push her away, like, get off my stage. You're encroaching. You're pulling focus from me. Move. And I just like, just slightly just... <laughs> it's so bad. It's so funny because I'm like, who do I think I am? I literally, the minute I get on karaoke, I'm like, you're here for me. Okay, I I imagine I'm like at Hyde Park doing my own solo show and there's thousands of people there. In reality, it's about seven people, but I just, (laughs) I just love it. Okay, next scene is uh, your death scene. Oh. So I asked you for a track that plays over your imaginary death scene, however that might play out, it's your film, or it could be the song that you want playing at your funeral. So interested to know if it's going to be super sad or is it going to be euphoric? So what did you choose as your death scene song? It's the funeral song um, and it's I Drink Wine by Adele. Adele made another appearance, of course. Um, This song I adore. It fast became my favourite song of hers. It's upbeat, but it's also a bit of a piano ballad type thing but it's it it actually is quite upbeat i think and it's kind of weirdly become a a song that all my friends kind of love it in a way i feel like it's kind of become my friendship song with a big group of my friends because we saw her live we absolutely loved it and we all loved the song and then I did for my birthday last July karaoke. We booked a karaoke booth. We'd been to a bottomless brunch and all my friends were in there. And the last song I chose was I Drink Wine. And we all were just singing along. And the lyrics are like, I hope I learn to get over myself. Stop trying to be somebody else. Like, you know, and I do drink wine. I love a glass of wine. And so I felt like that would be a poignant, you know, if I died tomorrow or whatever, that would be a poignant song where it's 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 my song and um i think it is my favorite song probably now of all time i absolutely adore it um so it's so so it would be that probably yeah nice and it's it's kind of happy and sad at the same time because i i do want a nice kind of uplifting ending it's as, uh, to a funeral but you also kind of do want people to cry <laughs> do you know what I mean I'm like I'd be a bit pissed off if I'm looking down being like fucking hell they're, out, they're having a great time no I want a, I want a few tears of, of poignancy <laughs> this is from the 30 album released 2021 so it's kind of her turning 30 and a collection of songs that kind of define her as a woman having gone through a whirlwind career and but also everything is very relatable with Adele, isn't it? Like what I really like about her is is her authenticity. You sort of feel like you know her, especially with this song, I Drink Wine. It's just like what a, what a, what an amazing song for a ballad that is really moving and beautiful. But like she's she's keeping it real. It's it's a very wisdom filled kind of it's almost like you're sitting with her with a bottle of wine and you're having those mm. Deep chats, those wisdom-filled, half-cut rants. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. And and it has, I think, one of her best lyrics in it, which is sometimes the road less travelled is a road best left behind. And I just absolutely adore that lyric. 
it's it's so good and to be honest as well the reason it's my funeral song is because it's called i drink wine and it would possibly if i'm going to go anytime soon it will probably be something to do with drinking too much wine we're at your final scene oh the closing credits so as the credits roll what is your what song do you want to be playing it was a really tricky one this actually i found it quite difficult and i went for this because and it's such a random cho- i bet you were like these are so random these choices um it was feed the birds by mary poppins now as a child and still i was obsessed with mary poppins i still am i it makes me cry i saw the stage show not long ago i sobbed I won tickets to the European premiere of Mary Poppins Returns, uh, where I was sat like two rows away from like Meryl Streep and Emily Blunt and everyone and at the Royal Albert Hall and just watched the premiere of, of the film. It kind of became my mine and my boyfriend at the time's like memory, core memory, because I took him and that was when things were going great. Uh, so it's kind of tainted slightly, but the reason I love this song in particular, Feed the Birds, is because I think it encapsulates the whole meaning of Mary Poppins, or at least what I think the meaning is, which is she is, <laughs> I'm talking as if she's a real person, but she is um, so altruistic in what she does in the sense that you the bird woman you know goes out and she just she just wants to feed the birds and she gets nothing back from it she's not making a profit and she just does it out of sheer kindness and mary poppins is a similar one where and and they explored this a lot in mary poppins returns where there was a moment um in the film that absolutely made me sob and it was something to do with the broken bowl and uh the bowl had been fixed or something and it was their mother's old bowl and it had been fixed and 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 one of the kids says um do you think we should tell mary poppins and 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 she says best best not i i suspect she already knows and mary poppins is at the door and emily blunt kind of just does this little smile to herself and this was the same in 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 the first film where she just she just doesn't take any credit for anything that she orchestrates. And I love that. So like random acts of kindness, you know, sometimes where you'll see on Twitter, for example, someone does a random act of kindness, but it's filmed and it's then put up and blah, 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 blah. And the, the best ones are the ones where you just do it. You don't tell anyone about it. Like I remember when George Michael died, for example, and it all then came out afterwards that he'd just donated to a load of people anonymously. And and so I just love the kind of message of Mary Poppins where she comes across as a bit of a hard-faced bitch. She comes across as a bit snooty. She's a bit of a snob. She's a bit vain. You know, she's a bit of a narcissist or sometimes. But deep down, she's got this real kind of... Uh, she's orchestrating deep down uh, the kids and, and the family or whatever to move in the direction that they should and and she's she's bigging them up really and i think i'm a bit like that you know i've got this hard face thing i'm not very good often at showing uh you know a bit, bit you know telling people that i love them or being kind of appreciative i can sometimes be you know a little bit catty a little bit bitchy but you know i i'd like to think that my friends that know me deep down know that i fully have their back and i'm fully there for them and I think that's the message for me of, of Mary Poppins, this altruistic kind of virtue wrapped up with a Mary Pop with a parrot umbrella and a carpet bag and uh and, and she's constantly got her eye on the ball. I know that's a bit of a waffly answer, but it had to be Mary Poppins. I had to put that in somewhere. And Feed the Birds, I think, is just the greatest Disney song ever written. Um and apparently I read once that it was Walt Disney's favourite song. It, 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 he he apparently thought that that was what it encapsulated the entire Disney 
franchise, Feed the Birds. Um, so yeah, that's what I chose. Fucking love this. Um, love that. Love that it's a wild card at the end. Love mm. the film. Love Julie Andrews. Love every song in this movie. Like you, it's it is. It was one of my childhood favourites, and still is. Um, I also love Dick Van Dyke's silly little Cockney accent. Like I love, I love everything about it. But um, it is such a gorgeous message in this film. Like we should all appreciate the real things in life, which I think has been a bit of a theme for you with your songs. Like mm. you're saying, um, you can be quite, a, you can be quite a cold person. But I would never have got that because all of your songs have this uh, real heart and soul in them. And I think it's really telling and it is part of the reason that I love doing this podcast and asking these questions of people because you just get to know people on a level um, quite quickly that is really, really lovely. Um, and yeah, so this this song, she's saying, you know, go and go and feed the birds. Um, it's it's appreciate appreciate the small things in life is essentially mm. what I'm saying. And if you can help people out, you know, or help things out like uh and 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 you know in the stage show of mary poppins this always makes me cry the the end song she uh, is a reprise of a spoonful of sugar and uh and she said this is in the stage version she sings when every job when it's complete there is a sense of bittersweet that moment when you know the task is done though in your heart you'd like to stay to help things on their way you've always known they must do it alone and then, you know, one of the kids say, Mary Poppins has gone. And she and, and I think Jane goes, she's gone because we don't need her anymore. And it's just this kind of gorgeous thing where like, and I, this is where I was like, oh, God. And like, you see, you see Mary Poppins flying away, looking back, thinking, I'd love nothing more than to stay. And, you know, but she's like, no, like, it's time now for you to go off and sort it. I've done my thing. And, and. And that's kind of what I love about it. I I always remember one time. I can't remember. Like I did something, and someone else kind of got the credit for it. But it was it was purely for them. And I saw them go to say, "Oh, um, no, well, actually, Lee." And I and I just went, "Oh God, it was completely their idea." And like they looked at me I remember they looked at me and I was like oh my god I'm so Mary Poppins right now um <laughs> but they looked at me as if to be like oh okay because it was like you will benefit more from taking the credit from that than I will like and there's just moments like that that I like to do they don't happen all the time and I'm not turning around saying I'm the fucking modern day Mary Poppins sure <laughs> you know what I mean but um but that's the the message I think uh that the the book is about it's 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 just about helping people and or helping things when you can i heard the phrase recently uh pay it forward and i've never heard yeah. it before but that's exactly what you're saying it was like somebody had done something self selflessly for somebody else and then they'd said um oh how can i repay you like what can i do for you now and then this person said no no don't worry just pay it forward do, do a good deed for somebody else hmm. and really, yeah i loved that kind of um vocalization of that kind of of that sort of theory like pay it forward just just keep keep the chain going um and then that's a really nice way to 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 exist um so yeah right i'm going to read back your song choices now and you can tell me what you think hearing them back as a as a complete set so for your opening credits we've got Dame Shirley Bassey, Let's Get the Party Started. Your coming of age track is Spice Girls, Stop. Your first love track is One and Only by Adele. Uh, Point of Conflict or Despair is Dark Times by Ben Platt. Enlightenment or Moment of Euphoria is Older by Ben Platt again. Your death scene is I Drink Wine by Adele, your funeral song. And then your closing credits is Feed the Birds by Mary Poppins. What do you what do you think hearing that back? Absolute bangers. I'm going to set up a Spotify playlist of them all now and go and listen to it on the way to the gym. <laughs> so what's next for you? Where can people find you? They can probably find me in a skip on early morning, <laughs> early morning on a Sunday. 
after drinking too much wine. Uh, no, they. Um, I'm just gigging loads. I'm doing tonight. Actually, I'm doing the tour support for Judy Love on her tour, which I'm really excited about. Wow. Um, but uh, yeah, gigging lots, um, doing lots of bits and bobs here and there. If if they want to follow me or whatever, like all my all the details are on leepiet.net. Um, and I also do a weekly podcast. So if um, your lovely podcast listeners fancy listen listening to more of my drivel, I do a weekly podcast with my friend Lauren, and it's called Fab Life with Lauren and Lee, and it's basically just a chat through anything and everything um but we'll probably talk about this on it actually so um i might ask lauren some of her her tracks or whatever but um yeah so uh that's fab life with lauren and lee but uh yeah leepit.net all infos on there like live dates and stuff um and instagram and all that jazz thank you so much for being on a soundtrack odyssey it's been a pleasure to have you thanks for having me thanks so much There you have it, the soundtrack odyssey of gorgeous, very kind-hearted, funny man, Lee Peart. I had so much fun chatting to Lee and finding out more about him. A highlight for me making this podcast was I had a really fantastic afternoon just listening to Dame Shirley Bassey. It felt so epic afterwards. I really would highly recommend doing that yourself. (laughs) Um, And I also loved discovering the soundtrack to Mary Poppins all over again. That was particularly fabulous. And also listening to Adele, watching her videos. Um, Hadn't really listened to Adele that much. Obviously was very aware of her. But um, yeah, she's... She's a queen. She's an absolute queen. And the gorgeous Ben Platt. I highly implore you to give his stuff a listen and to watch his videos. Um, it's a very it's a very ballad-heavy playlist from Lee. It might make you cry, but it's very uplifting and very wholesome, I think. Listen to the complete playlist by hitting the link in the description. And you can find Lee on Twitter and Instagram. He is at It's Lee Peart, and it's spelt P-E-A-R-T. And do catch him on a comedy tour. You will howl. Thank you so much for listening and I'll catch you next time.